This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Financial Tech in the Guide Rock Capital Management Weekly Commentary for the week of July 22nd, 2013. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in Bellevue, Nebraska, and we post the show, including the written commentary, each week out at the AverageGuy.tv. Financial Tech brings you the latest market commentary from the award-winning Andrew Hunt, CFP and president of Guide Rock Capital Management, located right here in Omaha, Nebraska. If you'd like to receive a free copy of the written commentary in advance, or if you have questions or comments that we can read and answer on the show, send Andrew an email. His email is just Andrew underscore Hunt at guiderockcapital.com. He'd love to get that correspondence from you. It's always good to hear from the listeners. We've been doing this format now for, I don't know, 16 weeks, and I would love to get some feedback. Is 15 minutes the right amount? Would you like to hear more? What kind of stuff are you looking for? Uh, I know you're listening. So you're you're listening right now. I know you're listening because we're getting some numbers that you're listening. We'd love to hear from you. Just send that over to Andrew, Andrew underscore Hunt at guiderock.com. Capital.com. Andrew, a beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in Omaha. The storm came through, cleared things out. How are you today? I am great. And we were just lamenting before we started the show that uh, it has been hot. It has been hot here. So it was nice to have a, a reasonable 80-some degree day. I uh, got a little workout in after work, and uh, we share the same fitness facility. So I saw you there, and now I see you here. So that's awesome. It's all good. <laughs> well, Talking about markets today, uh, the earnings song is being sung. Uh, Each year, of course, in January, April, July, and October, most publicly traded companies announce their corporate earnings results. Uh, These announcements can uh, have some pretty dramatic effects on companies' share prices and uh, the markets, especially when those companies don't meet analyst expectations. The way a company's share price moves after an earnings announcement can strike a a discordant note. For instance, a company can have a great quarter, but if it earns a few pennies per share less than expected, its share price might tumble. Likewise, a company can be in completely dire straits, but if it produces a few cents more than expected, the shares may climb. Kind of an anomaly. And so last week's earnings was, yeah, you know, it was, it was a bit melancholy. <laughs> By the end of the week, about one-fifth of the companies in the S&P 500 index had submitted their reports, and earnings were on track to grow by about 1.5% year-to-date. Uh, that's a little bit lower than the 4.1% earnings growth that analysts had expected, but hey, it was in positive territory. Unfortunately, as the Wall Street Journal pointed out, financial companies have exceptionally easy year-to-year comparisons. When they were pulled out of the mix, earnings hit a low note, down by almost 3% from last year. And that's according to FactSet. That's worse than analysts expected at the start of the quarter. So earnings were weak relative to expectations, but last week the S&P 500 still finished higher for the week. And that may be because of the soothing refrain offered by Ben Bernanke, Fed Chairman, as we've talked about on this show before. His, uh, his statements were something like, monetary policy will remain accommodative. Monetary policy will remain accommodative. <laughs> and uh, and the, the important thing to remember is that, hey, the Fed's definition of accommodative monetary policy doesn't necessarily mean 
maintaining its quantitative easing program. So we'll continue to watch forward on it. Uh, there's been an innovation in measuring innovation. Innovation is one of those things that it's, you know, it, it's really hard to fully describe. Um, but it can be really important to countries and, and their economies. In recent years, we've seen some remarkable innovations, such as a car sharing program, uh, the Oakland A's using the uh, Sabre metrics. And then there's also been some really less remarkable ones, such as airline baggage fees and the detachable dog sack. Have you heard this one? This one allows Fido to climb in a cloth carrier attached outside of the car. Yeah, not, not a good idea. I have a, a wonderful German Shepherd. Uh, that, not a good idea. <laughs> not great innovation. Well, in March, panelists at the Warden Economic Summit of 2013 discussed the concept of innovation. Although clearly they didn't all define it the same way, they suggested innovation is uh, using something new or known in a different way, a uh, different time, or a different place. It's essential for companies to grow it's useful, it's transformative, or an approach that addresses a major want or need, and it's not always easy to spot. That's what they agreed, agreed on. Um, it's clear innovation means different things to different people. Cornell University, NSEED, and the World Intellectual Property Organization, which collaborate on the Global Innovation Index, said their benchmark, quote, recognizes the key role of innovation as a driver of economic growth and prosperity and adopts an inclusive horizontal vision of innovation applicable to both developed and emerging economies, end quote. They refined the index in 2013. According to The Economist, their new definition is, quote, instead of objectively accounting the inputs and outputs, it relies on nuance. For example, rather than ranking overall education, it looks at the top three universities, since elite institutions may be more important than just the average. Instead of counting each patient, or excuse me, each patent, it tracks only those filed in at least three countries, which suggests it's a more valuable technology. And rather than look at scientific journal articles in mass, the index includes how often they are actually cited. End quote. So using these innovative metrics, which countries rank the highest in innovation? Well, two and three. In middle-income countries, it's China, Brazil, and Russia that take the top honors. Pretty interesting stuff. All right, here's our quote for the week. This is from the Buddha. Health is the greatest gift. Contentment, the greatest wealth. Faithfulness, the best relationship. Andrew, great as always. I do want to go back. We missed you a little bit. Uh, just as you were talking about ranking uh, ranking the highest the countries of the highest innovation we missed the top three in the <laughs> world's richest so which ones are those yeah so among the rich countries it goes United States Britain and Germany as one two and three and then in the middle income countries it goes China Brazil and Russia perfect perfect yeah the uh, YouTube just locked up for a second so wanted to make sure we got those covered. Hey, uh, talk to me about this as well. When we talk about quarterly earnings, for the average financial guy, you know, for the guy who's got a, maybe a 401k and he's making a few investments there, what, what's a little bit of advice that you'd give as far as uh, watching those earnings? Just, I mean, how important are they? Do I need to worry about them? How do I approach that? Just if you're talking to me about, you know, quarterly earnings, I, I honestly never watch them. But what's your, what, what would you say? 
Yeah, so what is my advice for the average guy when it comes to managing his 401k and watching earnings? Uh, my advice would be don't. <laughs> don't pay any attention to it, guys. We want to be long-term fundamental investors. Um, and so if we get caught up in this quarterly earnings uh, saga, hey, listen, if it bleeds, it reads. And that's why CNBC li totally lives for this stuff. Um, it's fun to monitor and think about. But don't pay any attention to it when it comes to investing in real dollars. We want systematic long-term approaches um, for investing. And so I, I really just think, Put your head down, pour, you know, put the money away, uh, get, get the investments going in there, um, and then rely on a professional to help you make those ongoing management decisions. Yeah, yeah, good call. I want to ask you what you're reading before you do that, before I let you do that, though. I got an interesting, uh, in, the mag or in, the, uh, in the mail, one of my kids uh, gets Entrepreneur. At, don't, don't ask me why my teenagers are getting Entrepreneur Magazine, but this uh, latest episode of it, or latest episode, listen to me, it's like it's a podcast. This latest magazine talks about uh, kind of the nerd factor and what's really going on around innovation with technology. Um, very interesting, a very interesting read. If you haven't, if you haven't you know, picked that up, I'm sure it's available online. Andrew, what, are you, what do you read? I mean, what's, what's close to you? What do you really like? Or what, what's a book you're reading right now or whatever? What do you kind of tie it into? Yeah, good question. So I, I read a couple of different magazines consistently. Um, they're nerdy magazines, so I read the Journal of Financial Planning. Uh, I read Financial Planning Magazine and, uh, and, and those types of magazines. But I also love Forbes. Um, I think Forbes is a fantastic magazine. And if you're a book guy, I've recently been reading a book from Gary Vaynerchuk. and It's called The, the Thank You Economy. Uh, his f first book was a New York Times bestseller. It was called Crush It, um, and it was a fantastic read. It's, it's kind of got this uh, cool um, small business vibe, and The Thank You Economy uh, is also a fantastic book. Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, he's an entrepreneur and, uh, based out of New Jersey. So, what uh, you know, One of the things I was reading in the article in here, they talk about they're, they're also calling this the share economy, which is you know we are sharing more information uh, more than ever in that, and so this this young group that's coming up, and I shouldn't say young because I, we like we're we're engaged in new media here, you and me, as we talk to you, the listener, uh, we're engaged in this new media venture and uh, and are practicing some of that as well. But I just found that interesting, this idea of the share economy. If you were to give kind of the average investor one book to read at, at this point, Andrew, what would you give them? Yeah, I would give them Carl Richards' The Behavior Gap. Um, Carl, Carl Richards is an uh, investment advisor colleague of mine. Uh, I don't know him personally. I know him through social media, which is cool. Uh, but he recently published a book about a year ago called The Behavior Gap. It's out in the Penguin Press. Uh, I encourage you to go pick up a copy on Amazon. Awesome. Good recommendation. Well, if you're new to podcasting and you're looking for an easy way to listen to this podcast each week. Uh, you know, maybe you downloaded it for the first time, somebody recommended it to you, and you're like, man, I wish I could just get this every week and I wouldn't miss it. Great way to do that is Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R, available on any browser as well as both Android and iPhone platforms. It's a great way to listen to podcasts at home and on the road. they got some great apps both on the iPhone and the Android. Uh, you can listen to it work through your browser. It streams. It's a streaming. Uh, you get audio only, which is great. Um, if you're in the car, Stitcher, uh, just go out to stitcher.com, search financial tech, and we say it is education for your ears. And be sure to visit Guide Rock Capital over at guiderockcapital.com. Follow Andrew on Twitter. He is at Andrew D. Hunt. And get all the show notes for this show posted out at theaverageguy.tv. Now, Andrew and I say thanks for listening. We'll catch up to you next week. Remember, you be smart about your investing. 
Guiderock Capital Management Inc. or Guiderock is a registered investment advisor that is registered with the state of Nebraska and located in Omaha, Nebraska. Guiderock and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration requirements imposed upon investment advisors in the states in which they maintain clients. Guiderock may only transact business in those states in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. Important information describing Guiderock's business operations, services, and fees can be viewed on the SEC's website at www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. Guiderock will provide Form ADV Part 2, which serves as the firm's disclosure document to all clients. Copies of Form ADV Part 2 are also available to interested parties upon request. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No current or prospective clients should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product made reference to directly or indirectly on this video, website, or indirectly via hyperlink or any affiliated third-party website will be profitable or equal to past performance levels.